0: Welcome to another episode of Me and My Health Up. I'm your host, or maybe co-host today, or maybe I'm the interviewee. You're about to find out. However, I'm Anthony Harcher. I'm a clinical nutritionist and lifestyle medicine specialist. The purpose of this podcast is to enhance and enlighten your well-being. And we've decided to bring some variety to the show because variety is key to stimulating your dopamine. We want you to have a bit of a dopamine and feel good about yourself. So we're going to add a bit of spice to the show. And I've brought on Caitlin Williams, who's doing an internship with me and my wellness. And so Caitlin's come along for the experience. She wants to embrace it. And she's brought along an exciting topic to talk about. It's, have you ever wondered What a healthcare practitioner does in their day. So that's Caitlin's topic, and I'm going to hand it over to Caitlin to introduce herself and to introduce the topic, and we're going to get into a beautiful discussion about what a healthcare practitioner does to stay healthy and happy. Hey, how are you, Caitlin?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. My name is Caitlin and I'm a biology major, a junior in college. And I was just thinking to myself this morning, what does a health practitioner do in their life? Like what do they do on a daily basis to be healthy? Are they actually healthy? And I want to know who better to ask than Anthony. So I'm going to be asking him what's going on in his day and how he feels his best on a daily basis. So are you ready for that, Anthony?
0: Absolutely. Ready to go when you are, Caitlin.
1: Okay. Well, the first thing I want to know is what time do you usually wake up in the morning?
0: It's generally upon sunrise. So what I'm waiting to hear, my cues for waking up is the birds are chirping. So it's generally when nature wakes up is when I wake up. So I do wake up in the middle of the night, you know, various times. And when I've feel the stillness of the air and the night and the coldness of it, then I know it's still nighttime and I need to keep sleeping as much as I'm excited about to start the new day. So my cue is the birds. I tune into the birds. I, I don't use an alarm clock. I haven't used alarm clock for decades. So yeah, it's very much you know, me connecting with nature and connecting with the circadian rhythm.
1: Nice. So when you wake up, do you like? what's the first thing you do? Do you Drink water, or what's going on?
0: What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I generally I, yeah don't really consume water first up. I, I look forward to my ritual is having a cup of coffee. So I have black coffee. I actually look forward to that. I th- you know the night before I'm thinking yeah, I'm looking forward to that coffee in the morning. It, it's just a a bit of self care for me. And you know, there's a lot of I guess talk about is co- coffee or caffeine healthy and and whatnot. Well. It brings a sense of well-being to me. You know, it's part of a routine that really I embrace. I actually love the taste of bitter, the bitterness of black coffee. And it's just the way I like starting the day. So do I need to have the black coffee to start the day? No, I don't. I actually don't need the coffee. So I can easily go a weekend, weeks, months off coffee easily without any hangover or anything like that. So it's more the ritual around that's how I like to start my day, you know, and, and and it's probably I really see that morning time as great thinking time. So it's it's really about saying, look, it's a new day, uh, new happenings, looking forward to it and just thinking about what do I want to get out of today? What do I want to bring to the world and what do I want to give to the world ultimately? So that's pretty much it's the Black coffee that sort of kickstarts, you know, my day. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty much how I start the day is with the coffee. It's it's pretty routine-based.
1: Okay, nice. Now, something also I'm wondering is after you drink your black coffee, do you jump right into a workout or do you find yourself a little hungry or do you just take it day by day? Is there something you do every day or...? Yeah,
0: I'll generally... Open the news. So I'll read the news on an iPad. So I'll have a look at what's going on. I have a interest in financial markets. So I, I guess that's outside of my health. It's an interest I've, I've had for a long time or ever since I was a kid actually is an interest in the economy and financial markets. And so. I do, I read a lot about successful companies and what they do to become successful. Read about innovation, new technologies. I read about health, updates in health. So, you know, I've got subscriptions to a lot of health magazines. So I pick up what's the latest articles and read through that and see if I can get some new insight into holistic health. So I'm spending that time that, you know, drinking the coffee, and reading. So it's, uh, yeah, connecting with the world, what's happening, and embracing new learnings is what I do over that coffee. So the workout used to happen before kids, but now I've I've got children. I stay home with the kids. My wife goes and does her workouts because that's the best time for her to do a workout because she finds if she doesn't do it in the morning, it doesn't happen, whereas, you know, I've never had that issue. So, yeah, we just work together Adriana she goes off does a workout I help the kids get started for the day I have my little routine amongst that so that's generally how the day starts.
1: Nice now your kids aren't drinking coffee are they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, yet, not yet young my daughter's tasted coffee and she likes it she's very much like me so she has that I guess, attraction to bitter bitterness. And I, I think that's what she likes about the coffee is the bitterness that it brings. She's very much like me. So yeah, she she enjoys having a sip of mine, but she's not drinking coffee yet.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what do you usually have for breakfast?
0: Yeah, breakfast is very staple uh, standard. So it doesn't change much. It hasn't changed for quite a while. i generally like to have my routine very consistent well particularly the morning because the variation comes throughout the day, so I keep that consistency in the morning and and I think it's gives me that sense of control over the day so I know how every day is going to start and it enables me to embody and embrace the day and be able to cope with variation throughout the day as it comes up so the morning routine is just really religious uh so I have this oat and walnut loaf, apple and oat walnut loaf, which I can share the recipe in the show notes. I will. So my wife bakes that. She's much better in the kitchen than what I am. So uh, she bakes that every week and we have that together. So we cut off a slice of that loaf and we toast it. And then with that loaf, I have a bit of nut butter spread on top. And then on top of that, I put some, I don't think in the US you have LSA as we term it LSA over here but it's essentially ground up linseed sunflower seeds and almonds all grounded up you've probably called it something else in the states so I put that meal or that grounded up nuts and seeds uh, on top of the spread of butter on the oat loaf and then on top of that I put some mixed berries. So a fair bit of mixed berries. I must say it's probably about 200 grams. So my breakfast is quite big. I have a big breakfast. It's probably my biggest meal of the day. And second following that would be lunch. And then the smallest is dinner. And then I put a a dollop of coconut yogurt on top. And that's pretty much my standard breakfast every day. And, and as I said, I think it brings me that sense of I've got today. It's all mine because this routine is always, it, it, it switches on my mind just as much as anything else. Yeah.
1: Nice. That sounds good. Sounds like you got like a nice picture of some healthy fats in there, some carbs, some protein. For all you guys listening, you know, that breakfast not, might not work for you, but I'll tell you, I think I'm going to be asking for the recipe for that because it sounds good. Now, okay. So, Also, do you usually have breakfast with your kids or like, are they all off at school at this time? Or do you have breakfast around the same time every day?
0: Uh, It varies a bit. So if I've eaten a bit later, so I I generally like to have some sort of fast, like, but I'm not religious about the timing of the fast. So like the listeners have probably heard about the uh, 16 and 8 fast, intermittent fasting, it's sometimes called. So I generally do a bit of that fast so i eat early in the evening very early as early as i can and then eating in the morning is roughly between 7 and 8 but sometimes i can push it out to 10 you know if i feel that my digestion isn't quite working as well as it should and i judge that by my bowel motions uh, how i'm digesting my food you know my experience any re- you know reflux or burping or excessive wind so I tune into what my digestion's doing, and then I give it a a solid break if it's not optimal, so to speak. So generally, I'm always sitting at about a 12-hour fast, and that's like the gap between when I last ate the night before and when I first eat the next day. So always 12 hours. Sometimes it goes out to 16 hours. So it's between 12 and 16 hours, and I'm not trying to always nail that 16 hours. I don't see that as being really healthy. It's For me, it's dieting. It's a form of dieting. You're restricting yourself. So I give myself a bit more flexibility around that fast, but I'm always doing an element of it, so to speak. So in terms of do I eat with the family? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I have breakfast with the kids, so we we always have uh, we sit down and have breakfast together. We talk a, you know, a bit about what's happening, what's coming up in the day. So yeah, I, I get to understand what they're looking forward to. So I'm always asking them what they're looking forward to. I don't. I always focus on the positive. So it's you know what you're looking forward to about today, and it's always sports or playtime, and <laughs> uh, sometimes it's it can be certain classes that they're looking forward to but uh yeah so i i, I do
1: like maybe gym class
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah they they love play yeah so it's it's play with their friends and doing sports and some classes they tell me and, and it's just understanding their personality and what they're gravitating towards so i'll just ask them you know what subjects you enjoy doing and yeah so it's just just finding out where they're at and checking in and and yeah that helps me with my day is understanding where they're at and how I can serve them and yeah I just get on with doing you know eating my breakfast and uh, enjoying it.
1: Nice. Now, I know you walk your kids to school. I know a lot of people are all about getting the 10,000 steps a day. Do you make sure you get 10,000 steps a day or just do you make sure you walk a certain amount every day?
0: That's a really good point. And yes, I do track my steps. Am I religious about hitting a number? Not really. I just more use it as an indication to see how active I was. And why I wasn't and you know I might need to pick it up a bit so I I am looking to certainly do between seven and a half and my top end is probably around 20,000 and beyond that just general walking activity uh, which I make an effort to do a lot of walking so as you mentioned I walk the kids to school this morning it was very wet, and it's probably the first time I can remember driving the kids to school in—I don't know—many years. <laughs> so, I, as much it's got to be really bad conditions for me to jump in the car and drive the kids to school. I, you know, I'm privileged that I live so close to their school, which, you know, which is a great thing, and I'm grateful for that. But I do make an effort to do some meetings, walking and talking, like, you know, we have uh, in terms of our team meetings. We do a walk and talk team meeting. So I, I look at the meetings I've got scheduled and I think, is can I, I you know, have a successful meeting by doing a walk and talk? And if I can, then i let the person know that we're doing a walk and talk discussion and then I encourage them to do it because sometimes you know, a meeting may require you sharing something on your screen, but not all meetings do. So I check in with the person, see what type of meeting it is. If I can do a walk and talk, then I will. And that's how I generally get my steps up. I walk to the gym. I I try to walk everywhere. So I even walk as much as like four kilometers from my house uh, to places. So I'm making a huge effort. And some people I know jump in the car when it's less than a kilometer. So I certainly Make an effort uh, to get my steps up, and hence why I can get around twenty thousand in a day and that's just a base load of activity and then I do more above that
1: yeah what do you what do you usually do in addition to the walking for your exercise
0: a mixture of activity, so I do weights I do resistance training so you know, whether it be a bit of high-intensity resistance tra- training, cardio. So I, I do a number of, you could say, hit sessions, the high-intensity interval training a week. I'm also a – I do karate, and that karate is three times a week. I do karate, and I'm, do, I'm at the gym nearly every day. I'd say a minimum of three times a week and up to six times a week at the gym. And I'm doing a mixture of high intensity interval training, just pure weights, and stretching. So, stretching is generally every day because it's post workout, or, you know, so I do stretching with my karate. I do stretching when I go to the gym every time. And yeah, I do some weights and a bit of high intensity intervals. So, and that's on top of that base load of activity. So, I generally have. You'd say higher, high activity days. There's not many days where I'm really sedentary.
1: Nice. And do you find that like like increases your energy too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I find I don't get sleepy. Um, so you know there'll be periods where I do experience a bit of a drop, but then that's the time when I actually go to the gym. So, and it really depends if if the drop's severe. So when I'm talking about a bit of a drop, it's probably I'm just not jumping up and down (laughs) and uh, I'm walking but (laughs) just kidding you know I'm talking about a subtle drop where I just feel sort of lacking my normal energy levels and that energy is different for everyone that subtle drop then I'll think okay I'm going to wake myself up by going to the gym and the gym does that I come back and I'm full of energy again sometimes if I feel a big drop and it could be because I've had a bad night's sleep or a couple of nights of not so good sleep then that bigger drop I'll definitely jump for the nap um, or the breathing exercises or the meditation. So I'm looking for something. So I'm thinking, yes, my body's physically exhausted. If it's a mental thing, then always the gym. So if, it, if it's mental energy drop, uh, it's the gym. But if I feel that physical, you know, it's, you feel heavy, your body feels heavy to move, that heaviness to move, to me, is telling me my body needs to rest so I don't push myself. But if it's just that, oh, my brain's just foggy and, you know, it's been working hard, my brain has, but physically I've done nothing, then I think I I need to clear the brain by going to have a workout. So that's sort of how I go through that decision-making process.
1: Nice. You know, I know sleep is very important for your immune system and and for a variety of things. Do you think, like, your exercise habits, like, have a direct effect on your on getting a good night's sleep.
0: Absolutely. Totally. I you know I could you know for me there's definitely a direct correlation between the two. So and because I know that, I make an effort. I, I certainly do. I certainly make an effort to get the activity up because I I know those days where I've been a bit more sedentary, it's harder to get the sleep and the quality's not as good. So I I do yeah, I make an effort to keep my activity up because I know I'll be able to have a more restorative night's sleep, and just you know, you, you just love that you know that feeling of having you know just closing your eyes, waking up, and you think, oh wow, that you know I just feeling great, even you know with that just that solid block of sleep, as opposed to that sort of surface sleeping, and you're thinking and you're worrying, and and you're thinking, oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Also, I feel like, do you ever, you know, just feel proud of yourself after a good workout? You know, even if especially like ones where you didn't really feel like doing it, and your energy was kind of low, but then you, you did it and now you're, you feel prouder of yourself, right?
0: Totally. It is. And I think it relates back to that, you know, how I said I have that really religious morning. It, it's a series of accomplishments, like little accomplishments. I've made myself a coffee. I've enjoyed the coffee. I've read some news, I've read some, you know, news related to my profession. I feel more knowledgeable. You know, I've I've made the kids breakfast or help make or help them get ready for school. I've taken the school. So there's all these little small accomplishments I achieve that is just building confidence and momentum for the day and doing the workout is like that. It's sort of you know, every day I'm thinking, where am I going to fit my workout? And so today, I've you know I've looked at my bookings, and when I've got you know these podcast interviews, when I'm seeing clients, and when I've got my school commitments or my ki- commitments with my kids, and I'm thinking, where's that window of opportunity I can do my exercise? And so I, that's how I see every day. And and absolutely, when I complete that workout, I feel great because some days I think is it going to be possible? And I get quite stressed about, you know, not being able to fit my workout in. And so it's always an accomplishment to get it in and and make it happen. So totally 100% yes.
1: Nice. Yeah. Now, I know you are a busy guy. So do you use like an agenda or something? Like, how do you, you know, make sure that you're keeping track about all your responsibilities and stuff like that?
0: Yes, I do run or you know have a schedule, meetings. You know, you know, I use electronic invitations. I have an electronic calendar, so I am very. I, I do schedule my days. I also, but I sh- I have boundaries around the day as well. So there's periods of the day where I won't schedule meetings or I don't allow meetings to be scheduled. So I know there's only, meetings are only going to happen between this time, and I know that outside of those times, it's My time, family time, and that's pretty much it, right? So, or time with my friends or, yeah. So, I I have defined periods where I set meetings and look, there will be an exceptions where I need to bend the rule to accommodate like a a guest I'm interviewing because they're just not available during that window. So, I do, but that's an exception. That's not the norm. So, yeah, I, I do run a strict schedule, but I have boundaries around that schedule I have boundaries around electronic devices. So at sunset, all my devices, computer, phone, go into night mode. And I don't know if you've ever seen night mode, but night mode looks terrible on your screen. You actually don't want to look at a screen because all that crispness of the screen that makes it look so beautiful and attractive disappears and it just becomes, I guess, a bit like it's that warm orange yellow light which you know lacks clarity but it's great to see in as a sunset <laughs> so yeah so my, my devices become less attractive once sunset hits and then that's a cue to my brain is I need to start winding down so it's setting up these boundaries sends cues to me to start my routine at the opposite end of the day
1: your night routine yeah that's probably, just, that's probably just as important, right? To get a good night's sleep and stuff and set yourself up for the next day.
0: A hundred percent, Caitlin. Yep, the night before is just as important as your morning routine. So I, as much as I have a religious start to each day, I have a religious finish to each day and it doesn't change. And I have boundaries around my period of which I go to bed, a period of which I wake up. So I've got these protective measures in place. So I don't have any electronic devices in my bedroom nothing actually my electronic device is at the opposite end of the house very inaccessible (laughs) so even if I'm thinking I should have checked to see if that person replied it is so far away from me I generally think I can wait till the morning (laughs) right so and the great thing is you know when you turn your devices on to night mode no messages come through so you're not alerted so you haven't got any stimulus coming through so that's The other thing, and I think that's where we can sometimes go terribly wrong, is when we allow stimulus to keep coming at us into the evening. And so I distance myself from the stimulus in the evening, and I distance myself from the stimulus early in the morning. So they're they're the parts of the day that I have 100% control of, and then I'm only exposed to stimulus from the environment or, you know, from devices and everything during a core part of the day which I'm very energetic and very able to withstand pressures and stresses because my body's at its optimal but if I didn't have those shut offs or those disconnections at the start and finish of each day then the middle of every day when I want to be optimal wouldn't happen I'd be less resilient so that's how I help boost my resilience is by having these boundaries and having Elements of my day where I have 100% control. So I'm not looking at the news at night. I wouldn't have a clue what's going on at night. I only open the news when I'm well-rested and I've got the ability to absorb that information. You know, if you're looking at the news late at night when your body's tired, you're mentally tired, then that's going to hit you hard uh, and it's going to really affect your sleep. It will turn on the stress response. You're just not going to cope because, you know, Naturally, at night, we're most vulnerable, right? It's the most vulnerable time. It's dark. uh, We're very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're very insecure at night. And the last, and so you're very vulnerable to breaches of your resilience or your bubble. And so this is why social media looking at nighttime is terrible because you've got no ability to withstand any bad comments or negativity towards you zero um you know your defense mechanisms are totally down right and they're just they can be hitting you from left right and center so i think it's just a really good practice to get yourself into is to prime your body and only to like if I get negative comments about something I've said or done or you know not so good review on a podcast or I can withstand it during the day you can throw me anything because my body's at its optimal I'm really able to withstand a lot of negativity or bullying or whatever it could be cyber bullying during that period because I've got my strong defensive mix and, you know, for me it's like bring it on, Yeah, give it to me as much as you want because (laughs) yeah, at night time I'm going to shut you down and you're going to be shut down in the morning. You're going to be, you know, out of this world. So I think that's where, you know, there's a lot of challenges for people is that they are exposing themselves to these not-so-good stimulus at periods when they're most vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point because people can just be scrolling through the news at night or scrolling through social media, see something negative and just kind of keep scrolling. And then even when they put their phone away to go to bed, you know, they're still scrolling in their head, right? Like you need those two times to set the tone for yourself so that you can build yourself up for the, for the middle of the day. But yeah, I agree. Like we don't need to be getting hit with those stimulus, like all the time, you know, like.
0: Absolutely. But particularly when you know we're very vulnerable and insecure just naturally because that's how we're wired you know that's uh when we're most prone to attack is at nighttime uh it's dark that's when predators can, if you look back in the primitive setting obviously the predators were animals and beasts and stuff like that you know we probably had people that was doing night watch um, you know like uh, to look over the family and who knows i wasn't back in that era but certainly we feel everyone knows how they feel at night in terms of their ability you know their resilience is generally lower than what it can you know is during the day
1: yeah switching back over to the food is there a certain thing that you usually have for lunch it's
0: generally leftover dinner so dinner's like a meal that well my wife's a great cook so i'm very blessed and grateful that you know she makes amazing dinners and i, I always ask her to make a bit more so i can have that the next day because i know the next day i'm going to be quite busy because that's where i cram everything is during the hours that i'm feeling optimal so you know i am just like anyone else i'm quite time poor and so i i, I want to have something healthy that's ready uh, for me i you know i don't really have the time to be chopping and carving up and cooking some days i do and i'll do it absolutely when i have the time but generally i'm prepared for when i don't have the time and trying to squeeze everything into that really confined window so that lunch will be Uh, a mixture of like protein and large amount of vegetables. So always consuming huge amounts of vegetables and color, lots of color. You know, we always hear about the rainbow. So I certainly live that. There's lots of color, different color of vegetables, variety, and always with a protein. So there's, there's protein with every meal I have as well as alkalizing metabolites which come from fruit and vegetables Uh, so i'm always looking to balance the protein with some alkalizing because protein breaks down acidically uh, in terms of ph in the body and so i'm always like as much as i'm looking to balance the macros around carbohydrates fats and protein i'm also looking to balance the ph of the meal so that's another level of complexity but for the listeners don't worry about it at this point in time you know get your macros sorted and then you can worry about other things i've had many years to get my macros sorted and so now i'm looking at other ways to optimize my diet so it's a journey so that's what i i don't want the listeners to walk away think i should be doing everything anthony's doing and i say don't do that just if there's one thing that really gave you a light bulb moment embrace that get that into your routine but see it as a whole journey because you've got to remember I've been doing this journey since I was a primary school kid I've been so invested in my health ever since primary school and so I've got like a 40 year <laughs> 40 years of constant refinement and improvement to where I am today so don't think that happens overnight you know and that's a 40 year journey so but don't think it's, it doesn't have to take you 40 years but but what I say is in order for habits to form, that you need to be focused and you need to focus on one thing at a time, get that embedded, and then go to the next thing. Don't try to embrace everything. And I think I've gone on a massive tangent on that question after you just asked me
1: about no, lunch. is actually good. And this is kind of, like kind of the advice that you gave me before. Like I was talking to Anthony about how I have a sweet tooth and I don't really... I don't love having a sweet tooth because I don't want to have that feeling of like wanting to have sugar, you know? And you were saying like, you know, you don't want to do everything at once, you know, just focused on if you have a sweet tooth, focus either on having something like watermelon maybe, or doing some breathing exercises if it's stress related or something like that. But don't, don't say, you know, I've never, I'm going to try to tackle this all at once. Stay focused and, you know, work towards your goal, right?
0: Absolutely. I think that's key because when we become very restrictive, like there's people embracing the no sugar diet, right? And so, yes, you can become very focused, and you can really restrict yourself. But you also restrict yourself socially, and you, you know you put a mental restriction on, and it can cause mood, you know, but not so, being so happy. Like I, I've, I was talking to someone a couple of weekends ago that did a thirty day fluid only diet, so had nothing to eat, just fluids uh fluids for 30 days and i said how was it how did it go i'm always curious as to how people experience things and he said i felt really terrible my moods were horrible my wife just couldn't wait for me to finish it because i was a terrible person and i was thinking do you really need to put yourself through that pain in order to achieve that goal there's so many other paths to achieving that goal like Do you really need to restrict yourself so much and suffer, suffer so much to achieve that goal when you can find an alternate path that's easy, happy, joyful, you're going on a nice journey? And I find those paths are smaller steps, but you're just building over a longer period of time. But that is more sustainable because you think about you go on a 30-day fluid fast. And you're going to be craving all sorts of things over 30 days. You, I mean, first of all, you're just going to be craving some solid food.
1: Yeah. Broccoli, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> of course. Um, and then what do you do after the 30 days? If you haven't changed anything else other than you've just resorted to drinking fluids, you're going to go back to the same solid diet that you're eating before. Cause that's all you know, right? <laughs> so I just think that's where the rebound comes. This is where. You know, anything restrictive just results in this massive rebound. And hence why diets crash, anything crash or extreme doesn't work because it's unsustainable. You cannot continue that forever. And so there's got to be a point at which you go back to what you're doing previously if you haven't been educated throughout that 30 days. And think about it you've still got a lot of habits to change in order to create a new diet after having 30 days of fluids i think the first thing you're going to crave is something that you love before the fluid diet and it was probably something that you didn't you know you didn't have for ages like it could have been uh your favorite croissant or i don't know breakfast or uh ice cream and you're gonna think well i haven't had it for 30 days i'm gonna make up for a few of them
1: i'm <laughs> gonna have 30 days of ice cream you know
0: yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's all about those, the little steps and the little habits that add up, right? If if you're like Anthony, you know, you have a cup of coffee and and then you educate yourself with the news. It might be different for you, but these little things add up to something positive.
0: And like when we talk about coffee, like people think, oh, you know, is coffee really good for you? And everything has an element of something good about it, right? So not everything's just completely bad and evil, right? Because it, depends on the individual and it depends on their goals. So a perfect example is a lolly, right? So generally we see lolly as bad foods, but for the athlete, they're fuel, right? So the athlete embraces lollies as fuel to give the athlete the most peak performance it can you know, possibly achieve for that race or that training session. And so you can't label things as good and bad because there's good attributes to everything and there's not so good things about everything, right? So this labelling and just categorising, you know, and demonising carbs, for example. Carbs have got so many good points, and demonising them is terrible and thinking that they're evil because they're not. And it it comes back to my point I'm about to make. It's about doing things in moderation, right, And, and finding that balance, that, you know, that point that works for you. So with my coffee, This is a long way to (laughs) tell this story, but with my coffee, I just have one a day. It's one coffee first thing in the morning. That's all I have. So I'm not having a second or third cup. And it's when you have multiples or excessive amounts of things, that's when it can be throwing you out of balance, essentially. So you know, having six coffees is a good or bad. I don't know. It depends on the individual, right? However, what I do know is that caffeine is going to be building up in their system, and we know there's a direct correlation between high caffeine and poor sleep. So, you know, that's an inevitable outcome. We also know there's a correlation between excessive caffeine and anxiety and feeling anxious and and, and jittery, right? So we know these sort of things come from excess consumption, So I really encourage the person to find their point of moderation. So some people can have two coffees a day and it doesn't affect their sleep. Well, they're different to me, right? I know if I have that second cup, that quality of that sleep that night's going to be compromised. So I don't do it. But I'm not, you know, not having no coffee. And it's the same, you know, with alcohol. People think it's either all or nothing. It's not the right approach. (laughs) You need to find a sustainable way that aligns to your values, your goals, and how you want to live your life. So it's a personal journey, and I think that's the important point: uh, is not to copy Anthony Harcher because he wants to f- feel a certain level of optimal wellness, he, and he strives towards that, and he's wired that way. But different people have different goals around their health and different views on what healthy is. So. That's how I work with my clients is I respect what they see as health and what health is to them and what their goals are, and I just help them achieve that. I don't tell them that they need to be living more like me, and I don't want the listeners to think they need to be living more like me because it could ultimately make them unhappy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? I think this is is such a good point because, you know, we've been told – for so long, you know, this is the right way to do things and this is the wrong way to do things, you know. If you want to be healthy, you eat Brussels sprouts, you know, nothing, whatever. Well, maybe maybe I like tomatoes and not Brussels sprouts, you know. You have to find something right for you, right?
0: Absolutely. And some people can't have tomatoes because they're intolerant to salicylates, so you get a I mean like, so everyone's wired differently. Some people have intolerances or allergies to this, this and that. Well, yes, why say that they have to eat that to be healthy? It's not true. And, you know, the definition, everyone has a personal definition of health. So it's not as if we all embrace the same definition of health. And so, you know, we need to live what aligns to our bodies and what, works for me may not work for someone else because they've got a totally different makeup and composition and they should embrace that and then find what works for them and and that that's a journey it's a journey of discovery and it's an exciting one to go on
1: yeah definitely man i just doing this podcast right now i'm thinking i'm excited to find what works right for me and i think maybe i, I might start a journal or something like that just to write down how i feel after certain things and Test it out, right?
0: And that's the starting point to every change that you make. If, you know, if you want to change a habit and you know start on a journey towards becoming a you know more healthier version of Caitlin, it absolutely starts with awareness. So it's so good that you've already picked that up. Is by journaling, we're bringing things to our conscious awareness. We're not because. Often during our day, we're just on autopilot. We're not even actually consciously. Do, we're just doing things, right, <laughs> as opposed to having that conscious awareness of what we're doing. And what journaling does is bring it to the conscious awareness. And you're thinking, like even if you just mapped out your day of what you did and you're thinking, okay, these are all the th- habits that I want to keep because I they align to my values, they align to my health goal. These are the habits that are not serving me and these are the ones I want to change. And then you can do something about that. Whereas, you know, often we just go about our day, we just keep doing this autopilot thing and we just expect different results. And that's, you know, the definition of insanity, doing something over and over again and expecting a different result.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like going on a 30-day liquid diet just to eat ice cream for three days to go on another 30-day liquid diet, right? No, no, yeah.
0: It's insane and like, The person hated it. He he probably never wants to go back to that 30-day liquid diet, so he's hoping to maintain the results. Yes, he got results, absolutely, but he also carried a lot of pain through that and the people around him experienced this unhappy person. And so you can imagine like your, I guess, performance from a work point of view would have been compromised. I asked him about his sleep and that was compromised and the energy levels compromised so during that whole month he could only do things that required low activity because he didn't have the energy it was totally zapped for a month and i'm thinking well time's precious to everyone do you really want to wipe yourself out for a month when you don't really need to there's other paths to achieving that same outcome that are more sustainable so I don't embrace extremism at all. I think it's the wrong way to go about health. It's, you know, it's about these small incremental improvements over periods of time that result in lasting change and positive change.
1: Right. Because the goal is to be as happy and healthy as you can be, right?
0: Absolutely. So why compromise happiness for health (laughs) for that period of time? And I, I don't get it because I, and this is what, concerns me is that people would will hear about his results, not necessarily understand the full story and just think, I want that result. And they're not aware of what he went through to get that result. And I think that's where things get lost out of context, because the media will say, oh lose 14 kilos over 30 days. And people say, this yes, I, I want to lose the 14 kilos and how do I do it? Just give it to me and I'll do it. And We're jumping from one fad to another as opposed to really looking at what are the foundations of good health and building those foundations of good health because those foundations are pretty common amongst all of us humans, right? And, you know, we can improve them in different ways to suit our lifestyle and goals, but we have a basis of good health foundations. And I find a lot of the time with my clients is then they're not doing the basics well enough. And that's where we go and, and and spend a lot of time is just improving the basics of good health. As much as it may seem easy, it's not, as you know, because we get into these habits, uh, we get into this way of living, and we we can start identifying ourselves with that way of living. You know, I'm the party person party girl party boy and you know this is my whole personas around this i'm the life of the party you know and and in order to keep that persona i need to drink so much and get you know share my wasted stories or my you know nights of drunkenness with everyone and 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 they uh, uh, have this association with this identity and they fear losing that association with that identity but that identity is not a great identity to be carrying through your life uh, it'll certainly result in a short life <laughs> there's no doubt about that so I think he, you know it's really starts with how the person identifies themselves and they want to start to identify themselves and see themselves as a healthy individual regardless of where they're at so they might not be where they want to be but they need to start that building that identity around being that healthy person and what does that healthy person do and if they can start adopting those behaviours. Of that healthy person, they'll eventually achieve that outcome. So it really starts with, you know, as I mentioned to you before, about that self awareness of, you know, where you're at and how you see yourself. So if you see yourself as a fat person, that needs to change in order for you to get the outcome that you want. You need to change yourself, you know, change that identity around yourself as. I'm a health I'm leaving a healthy person now. I'm no longer that person. I'm leaving that person behind and I'm going on a journey to be a healthier me, and that's who I am. I'm no longer this person. I no longer associate with this person because I'm changing these habits that disassociate me with this old person that I didn't want to ever be. Uh so and then I guess leads to making sure you surround yourself in the environment that supports where you want to go. So if you're the party animal <laughs> and you 've got this all these people that have gravitated to you around this party animal, and that's something that you don't really want to have that identity going forward, then you'll need to disassociate with that circle of influence right otherwise it's just never going to happen because <laughs> you're going to keep living up to that mantra or that title so um it does it, you know that person that aden- identifies themselves as fat will need to start forming circles around healthy people you know what find some healthy find people that are also on the same similar journey to them so they can go on that journey together so it does require that social support and that social network to for someone to achieve that health goal.
1: Right. And and if, if someone's a party animal, instead of, you know, getting their happiness, maybe from going to a party, which they don't really want to do anymore, by making these changes towards a healthy lifestyle, which might seem pretty hard at first, well, they can become proud of themselves for taking this time to improve themselves, right? Maybe they skip out on a party and instead enjoy watching the sunset. Well, maybe it's not Uh, instant release of like dopamine that they're used to but it's different and they can be proud of it was a hard thing to do maybe to switch up that habit but they did something to help help themselves
0: and they're embracing a new you a new them (laughs) so that's you know and by them building that strong connection with the new new them by doing the behavior that they want to emulate going forward such as you know observing sun sunrises or sunsets and because they're observing a sunset and they're not out partying they'll probably get to observe the sunrise for the first time right and then they'll get they'll get to experience the beauty of the evening and the morning and and experiences that they would have always missed out on because they're under the weather or asleep so they'll start to and they'll think oh how great is it to wake up without a hangover and I can actually do things today as opposed to lay in bed all day so I can go out I can, you know, play with my mates, my friends. I can, you know, do some other activities that I always missed out on because I was just too hungover. So, yeah, it, it really is just embracing the new version of them.
1: Yeah, out with the old, in with the new, right?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and starting starting small, <laughs> starting small, <Yeah>. incremental. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for answering my questions because now I know what to look inside a health practitioner and what he does to make sure he's his healthiest self.
0: And thank you, Caitlin, for, I guess, demonstrating the, I guess, stepping out of your comfort zone. So this is obviously something that you don't normally do on a day-in and day-out basis and uh, you embrace the opportunity. So you've now had this experience which is great you know you'll have more confidence in doing more of these things going forward if it's something that you like and enjoy Enjoying so uh, well, <laughs> yeah so well done Caitlin for taking on the opportunity and listeners I'm sure you found it insightful because Caitlin was stepping into your shoes and asking questions from how would the listener be thinking about after hearing all these episodes of Anthony interview others uh, maybe get a bit of insight about Anthony and what he does in terms of his day in and day out so uh yeah Caitlin I appreciate you doing this on behalf of the listeners and I thank the listeners for tuning in to another insightful episode of me and my health up if you found this valuable please share it with others so that they enhance and enlighten their well-being And we can grow and get this health knowledge out there so we can create a better society around health education. So please, like and share it. Follow me on all the social media platforms to get more invaluable insight. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast disclaimer. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it do not constitute medical, healthcare, or professional advice and are provided for general information purposes only. All care is taken in the preparation of the information in this podcast. Connected Wellness Proprietary Limited. Operating under the brand Me and My Health Up does not make any representations or give any warranties about its accuracy, reliability, completeness, or suitability for any particular purpose. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it are not to be used as a substitute for professional, medical, psychological, psychiatric, or any other mental health care or health care in general. Me and My Health Up recommends you seek the advice of a doctor or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Inform your doctor of any changes that you made to your lifestyle and discuss these with your doctor. Do not disregard medical advice or delay visiting a medical professional because of something you hear in this podcast. This podcast has been carefully prepared on the basis of current information. Changes in circumstances after publication may affect the accuracy of this information. To the maximum extent permitted by the law, Me and My Health Up disclaims Any such representations or warranties to the completeness, accuracy, merchant ability or fitness for purpose of this podcast and will not be liable for any expenses, losses, damages, incurred indirect or consequential damages or costs that may be incurred as a result of the information being inaccurate or incomplete in any way and for any reason. No part of this podcast can be reproduced, redistributed, published, copied or duplicated
1: in a form without prior permission of me and my health Up.